0: What's going on, NFL fans? This is the NFL All-32 podcast presented by Football Game Plan. David Hassaken here with Troy Anthony and Alex Marinoni. Is it something we said, Emery? Is it, is it, what, what happened here? <laughs> yeah. No Emery Hunt again. He is actually at the East-West Shrine game uh, doing some more scouting. Again, follow him on Twitter at FBallGamePlan to see all the updates from there. But um, nothing happened in the divisional round, right? The wild card round was the only exciting one. There's Nothing unexpected. Um, Yeah, we'll talk about it, folks. Don't (laughs) worry about it. Uh, We'll break down all the divisional round games. We will preview the championship round, which has two very intriguing matchups to see who will go to the Super Bowl. And we're going to mention the coaching carousel, which has now pretty much come to a stop. But on Tuesday, of course, this happens right after we record this podcast. It went spinning like somebody turned on the engine to 5,000 RPM. So we'll talk about that as well, and we'll get some reactions on the coaching hires. Let's start, though, folks, with the first game of the day, the first game of the weekend, and that was San Francisco taking on Minnesota. This was the question mark game pretty much of the week. Are, is Minnesota for real? Is Kirk Cousins going to actually do this? Is he going to go on a run? Is Jimmy G going to show up? No, really, on both counts, but San Francisco comes through. They win 27-10. Solid go- ball game from both teams, But nothing really blew me away in this ballgame. It kind of seemed that San Francisco just kind of followed their game plan that they've had all season long, which still leaves us questioning whether Jimmy Garoppolo can get things done in the big moment. But overall...
1: Solid ball game for San Francisco, and the defense showed up, especially in the second half. One hundred percent. I mean, one of my keys to the game for San Fran—we're going to be shutting down Dalvin Cook and getting that pass rush. Oh, on did Kurt they Cousin. shut him down? Did they shut him down? I mean, <laughs> only eighteen yards on the ground—that's craziness for uh, for this guy who produced like a monster the entire season. But that just—that just gives credit to San Fran and that defense being able to roll that over after the bye week to come the divisional round of the playoffs.
2: Yeah, and I know they were rolling with Dalvin Cook going in, but you have to know that with the way Cook was playing and a team with a front like San Francisco, their key is going to be putting the ball in Kirk Cousins' hands and taking away Dalvin Cook. And I just, I mean, how many screens do we have to watch go for negative <laughs> yards? Like, and I'll get into that whole his, his coaching style, the offense coordinator Stefanski when we talk coaches. But, oh, yeah. But se- like, I swear it was like 17 screens, and like you have Diggs and Thielen. You have mm-hmm. Kyle yep. Rudolph. You have Irv Smith. It's not like you're rolling out the, uh, you can even say it, the Ravens type of receiving core and you're you're built on run all year between your quarterback and running back. You have your 28, 29, whatever million-dollar quarterback. You have Diggs, who's your 40 guaranteed. You have Thielen, who's going to probably give me the next guy gets paid. If he hasn't been paid, I don't even know off the top of my head. And you, you no know, passes down the field. I know there isn't that much time, but why don't you bunch these guys because Sherman doesn't follow. Simple. Bunch these two to the left, throw a guy out on Sherman on the right, a guy like Treadwell or something, and let those two work. They didn't do any of that. And I would have kept Alvin Cook and Rudolph into block. Just let those guys have a three-man thing. And, I mean, I just thought it was so simple, and they just would not waver from Cook, Cook, or tight end screen. It was just like, what is this? I, not I don't... to mention
0: they lost three fumbles in this game, so that doesn't that. Ha- that doesn't help anything either. But my goodness, Jimmy Garoppolo, 11 of 19, 131. That doesn't seem to matter anymore because we're seeing what yeah. Ryan Tannehill's doing. But Tevin Coleman. It's the running game. Holy <laughs> cow. 22 for 105. Two touchdowns. Mustard actually looked pretty good, too, coming in as a secondary back. Uh, Breda. Eight carries, 17 yards, but that's enough, and that the you don't need a receiving game with, if you're running like
1: that. Yeah, they're, they're running all over the Vikings, and it wasn't anything like major, like consistently popping the 20-yarders no. or the 30-yarders. It was just ground and pound the entire game. Go for six, go for seven, go for six, just constant run, chunk yardage, just short chunk yardage, men moving the chains.
2: Yeah, that one drive where they scored the, after the turnover when they were on the other side, it was seven seven carries 45 yards or something that was yeah. the whole drive for the touchdown and like it was just no not one passing play I mean, I actually thought in the beginning the Vikings' defense was stepping up to that running game, but when you turn the ball over and you're on a short field and you're getting asked to do it again, and then you're on the field two minutes later and got to stop them again Mm -hmm. and stop them again, I mean, I thought if they didn't turn the ball over and the Vikings could have gotten a first down in the second half, they could have possibly helped their defense out a little bit, but yeah, the 49ers rushing game, like you guys said, was just just unstoppable.
0: I just find it funny that this whole notion of, oh, this is a pass-first league, but which teams are winning? Absolutely. Oh, the running teams. The team Absolutely. with the running game. Because both both quarterbacks were actually pretty efficient in this game. Cousins was 21 of 29, only threw for 172. Garoppolo was 11 of 19. Both were pretty efficient with the football. One team had a running game, the other team did not. Yeah, and was, that
1: was the difference in this ball game. I was thinking about that yesterday after, after seeing the, the Saturday games about how the, for years the league has been dominated by the passing game. The passing offense is... Have been more success more successful in the playoffs. It was Tom to Brady, it was
0: mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it was
1: Mahomes, but it's all this stuff. This year is all about it has been all about the run game. Like look who you had in the playoffs. You had the Baltimore Ravens, the Tennessee Titans, the San Francisco 49ers, the Vikings, which Cook has been doing work, all the teams, the Seattle Seahawks who even uh, Houston. Even Houston, yeah, and Green Bay with their running backs, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams who have been getting it done. It's all teams who can run the ball efficiently. I mean, let's. I mean, you
0: talked run game. You talked Baltimore Ravens. Let's transition to the second ball game. We knew this was intriguing. In fact, somebody in this studio said that they had a chance in hell. I believe that was the man to my left, Mr. Anthony, said that Tennessee. Hey, they got a shot to win this game. I mean, oh, Tennessee. Oh my goodness! Did they win? Did they win? Did they win? This <laughs> was insanity, folks. I have never seen Baltimore shut down like. That. And here's the thing: for all the people that are saying. Oh, I thought Lamar Jackson was going to change the quarterback position. Oh, wait. Did you see the stat line? Yeah. 360 yards passing, over 100 yards rushing. He's the first quarterback, by the way, ever to do that in a postseason ball game. He got no help. A ton of drops. couple of picks that were – neither of which were his fault. And somehow the Tennessee Titans win 28-12 in Baltimore
1: – I, didn't, I thought Tennessee might have a chance to win. I didn't see it by this much. No, nah, I don't think anybody did, honestly. I mean, Baltimore, I think they had six or seven drives come to a halt inside Tennessee territory. It, it was just they weren't able to finish the entire game. Yeah. They were not able to finish. And Tem- Tennessee did exactly what we thought they would, dominate with Derrick Henry. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and that's the whole thing, your narrative, where everybody wants to they're just waiting. The haters are just waiting to jump down Lamar Jackson. The dude, what, 100 and or, what, 500 total yards yep. by himself in this yeah. game. Yeah, it's, it's Lamar Jackson's fault. <laughs> Clearly. But, uh, now, I this game, and I was praising him last week, just like or two weeks ago, the way I was hating on Peyton last week with some of those decisions, I'm going to hate on John Harbaugh. I know it's similar to baseball with these analytics, right? Everybody's yeah. trying to go the analytic route, and it works during the regular season, and they try to carry it into the playoffs, and it just doesn't work. You can't... I know your team has been the dominant team, it has but, the when, to feel. but when it, but exactly when you're in when you're down or whatever and you need points and you're in the other team's territory, I don't care who's home, I don't care whatever, you take the points. You always take the points unless you're Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. You built that already. Lamar Jackson's had an incredible year, one we've never seen before but he's still a two, second year quarterback. They're still putting the whole weight of the game on a second year guy. When you in that game by not going for it uh, by not kicking the field goal deep when they went for fourth down and kept getting stopped, they left 10 points off the board because yeah. you leave them extra point they had to go for two because of that and you lift off three field goals. That game could have been 28-22 with the Ravens getting the ball at the end of the game. I know things don't always go that same route, but you also could have changed momentum putting points on the board. This team kept close, and one of my factors in this game was don't make the mistakes, and you would have a shot at winning this game. They yeah. were limiting the mistakes in the beginning, kept themselves in the game. Then the coaching decision started to come in, and that uh, rattled into some of these mistakes. They went out of their element.
0: I mean, the biggest takeaway from this game is stick to what got you to where you are. And the team that did that was the Tennessee Titans. Yep. First of all, hats off to Mike Vrabel. Absolutely. Yep. Good Lord, you just out Belichick last week, and now you shut down Lamar Jackson? And and the best thing about him, he was so loose. I mean, he's answered the question, how do you slow down Lamar Jackson two or three days before the game? And he says, besides tying his shoelaces together, that's his response (laughs) (laughs) two or three days before a playoff game? But, again, they did what they needed to do. Derrick Henry gets 30 carries for 195. Uh Tannehill only throws for 88 yards. He's He's beaten Lamar Jackson... And Tom Brady by throwing combined less than 200 yards,
1: I think. They out—they just straight outplayed them. They yeah. outplayed Baltimore at their game, pretty much. Out, Derek Henry outrushed them as a team. Uh, 29 to 15 total first downs. Baltimore had 29 first downs. Tennessee only had 15, and they still won by double digits.
2: Yeah, the thing with this was, I know the numbers don't look sexy. 7 for 14, 88 yards for Tannehill and six carries for 13 yards, but he runs one in for a touchdown. He did it on third downs. He got – he moved – and in the beginning of the game, they were working the short field. Henry got him down there, and Tannehill made those two touchdown throws. I mean, when you're up 21 nothing, just like that or whatever it was, 21-7 yeah. uh, three seven, or whatever, you don't need to rely on Tannehill at that point. So – but in that first quarter, he threw for like probably 60 of his 88 yards of the game, so – in the beginning, it looked like this is this is the different way they can beat you, and then the Ravens just never made that that climb back to see if Tannehill needed to do more. But in the beginning, Tannehill, this was, in my opinion, in the beginning. This game was Tannehill's game, and then Henry ensured that he took over yep. the game, which was just incredible.
0: I mean, it's one of those things where it's like it doesn't make much sense until you realize that Drake started supporting the Ravens a couple of days before the game started. <laughs> I don't believe in superstition, folks. I'm starting to think this one's real. This <laughs> just creepy, but at the like, it's really it's a, one of those things where it nothing really makes sense in this game until you actually break it down. And yeah. the biggest thing with Tennessee too is the defensive front seven, and we saw that. And, it, and again, this is Vrabel. He's got his hands all over this, and you can see it. They just stopped everything possible. And, and yeah, Lamar Jackson still has 20 carries for 143. Cool. What did Mark Ingram do?
2: No, and that's what believe, did Edwards do? That was the thing, and I think that was so smart by Vrabel. He had the quarterback spy all game. The one play. I was yeah. watching this game so in town. The one play he blitzed, I think fifty four is Evans, I think, for the for the yeah. Titans. The one play he went rather than spied, that's when Jackson took off like thirty yard run up the middle on second or third down, I forgot what it was. But rest of the game they had him spied. They weren't gonna let him get the big play and they shut down the running game. And that's the problem with the Ravens. The one thing that nobody really went after them on was because they're always playing ahead was just shutting down the receivers these receivers like marquise brown is a good receiver but he's still a rookie and he's still, still a good day though that's the thing he's, seven for 126 but he, nobody else did he did but he was but variable was forcing the one-on-one coverage and yeah. making those guys beat him rather than ingram and jackson he shut down ingram and he slowed down jackson to have that big play. He still got his yards. You saw it. But yeah. he didn't have that big play that went, damn. You know? And yeah. he forced guys like Brown to try to beat him and Mark Andrews and everybody else and they just couldn't step up. So I, think, I, I, kinda, I think,
0: I think Troy, I think you put it best before you make your point. You said it last week. This is Patriots 2.0. It
1: really is. This it's, is yeah. Patriots 2.0. 2-a-T. Yeah. It's, it's that Ben do not break mentality. Like yeah. Belichick has always had a great... Ben don't break mentality with the Patriots defense they would let you get yards but they would make you settle for the field goal and that's exactly what this game was I mean Ravens had 29 first downs 18 passing 10 10 uh, rushing 0 for 4 on fourth down though 11 for 18 on third down the Ravens ran 92 total plays Tennessee let them get in their territory six or seven times but they didn't let them get the points out of it
2: and that's the yeah. thing too That yeah, They let they played the field goal game And John Harbaugh decided to not take the points So in the end, it was just a yeah. double win From Mike Vrabel there Go ahead, waste your own time Do your own thing while you're down And you're not even going to take your points, fine we'll I, will, I right.
0: will say this though I, I think the equipment manager should have just changed out Every wide receiver's gloves though at halftime Because clearly those things were cursed Because oh, <laughs> here's yeah. the thing, on those fourth downs Their plays worked They yeah. had guys open they had the first downs there, yeah, and they dropped literally dropped the ball. Yep. So it came down to who
2: was the more consistent team and who stuck
0: with the game plan.
2: And this this is part of, this is part of that thing where they talk about yeah. it, the bye week's always not the best to have going into the postseason, the, especially the when you're the versus
1: rust. Especially argument.
2: especially when you're the hot team and you're a young team. When you look at the yes. key players of the Ravens, Lamar Jack's a young guy. You got to keep him going. You got you know yeah. Marquise Brown. He's a young guy. Keep him going.
1: Yeah, the bye week is not always good to have, unless. Your name is Andy Reid uh, name is Andy yes, Reid By the way I will say this before we A beautiful
0: transition <laughs> but I will make one more point The entire Ravens offense Starters are under contract for next year And they have 40 million in cap space Nice. I have a feeling they're going to be back here again But let's talk about Kansas City and Andy Reid <clears throat> How do we describe this game Guys uh, because By the end of the first quarter I was close to turning it off Yeah. Everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean everything from punts to kickoffs to receivers to tight ends to Mahomes. Everything was wrong. And then one little drive, make things click in the second quarter. And it was weird. It's the reverse of what we saw from last week from Houston. Houston was a game of two halves last week. First half they were dominated. J.J. Watt gets a sack. They roll in the second half. They win in overtime. This time, they dominate this first quarter. Kansas City, Mahomes gets one's drive. All of a sudden, everything starts to click into place, and they just pulled away. They were down 24-0, and they win 51-31. They ran out of fireworks to shoot in Kansas City. They actually put a thing on the big screen. Because they've scored so much, we can't shoot off celebratory fireworks for touchdowns anymore. Incredible game plan from Andy Reid and what what and from Eric B. Enemy too. I mean, both of these guys are just geniuses.
1: This game was wild, man. (laughs) Absolutely wild. I mean, I'm sitting there watching it. Houston scores first touchdown. Fine. We figured that was
0: going to happen. You figured Deshaun Watson. All right. He's he had a nice game last week. He's been clicking.
1: Fair, fine, go yeah. ahead. They score the first touchdown. Then all of a sudden you get the blocked punt for the touchdown. For the touchdown. Fourteen nothing. I'm like, all right, it's Kansas City. No need to worry. Then they score the third touchdown. I'm like, all right, let me let me let on me a, see on this, a botched uh, punt return. Yeah, uh, let me see what this uh, this line is at yeah. right now. So at twenty one nothing, Kansas City was only plus one ninety six at that time. Not worth it. <laughs> not no worth it. I'm thinking, <laughs> how, how are they not like plus 500, plus 400? Vegas like? knows, man. Vegas, Vegas knows. knows. Vegas, <laughs> Vegas knows. Then they go down 24 0. I'm like, all right. Wait, hold. Let me backtrack one second. 21 nothing. That fourth and inches by Bill O'Brien. I'm I'm saying with my group of friends, he's going to go for it. There's no way he doesn't go for it. Only fourth and inches. Put, put a nail in the coffin right now. Yeah. Then they call the timeout. And then try it out. Don't go for it. Why would you call a timeout instead of just taking the penalty? If that would have been, yeah, been the nail in the but, coffin. That would have been the nail
2: in the coffin if he scores on touchdown it there. Like, it looked like Bill O'Brien wanted to go for it. That's why he they had the offense still on the field. He wanted he to do it like quickly. He, he, I he, and I think he wanted to get on the ball and do it. And, I, and if you watch the sidelines, the coaches just come sprinting up to him. I'm thinking they were telling him, like, kick, 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 kick. And it, like he was like, there's too many voices in my head, and he had to call timeout. Like, it looked like yeah. they convinced – I don't know if that's the case, but it looked like they convinced him or someone convinced him, like, all right, you know what, just take timeout and kick the field goal and just take the points.
0: And then this first quarter, too, Kelsey's dropping passes. Mm-hmm. All the wide oh, receivers yeah. are dropping passes. Nothing was working. Second quarter, first drive, two plays on a, after a nice kick return. Boom, boom, touchdown,
1: Chiefs. That's Kansas City. They've been the most efficient team, highest scoring team in the second quarter
2: all year. We said yeah, we talked about it. I mean, there were games where they would they would start slow. and We're like, wow, they're down. We we were, I remember we broke it down earlier when they were they went on like a forty point spree or something like that against the Raiders, yeah. where they were down fourteen nothing or something. Yeah, and yeah. All of a sudden it was forty to fourteen. It was something crazy like that. And after yeah. the second quarter, that's just what they do. I remember watching this and going I, in our picks and everything. I took Tennessee, uh, Houston to cover, and I w- <laughs> and at the half. I'm telling you, rollercoaster of emotions. At the half, I was like, well, I'm definitely getting the over. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, there's a shot that Houston doesn't cover this game, I think. And then all (laughs) of a sudden, it was like five total plays. that They're not covering right now. It's ten already. Well, that (laughs) that
0: was the thing, too. Then you have the fake punt. So, Bill O'Brien, after not going in on that fourth and inches, Mm -hmm. first of all, looked like a brilliant play call. But Daniel Sorensen.
2: Sorensen, MVP. He was (laughs)
0: everywhere in this game. Four... Solo tackles. Four assists. Comes up. Grabs the man by the ankles and saying, no. You're not getting yeah. another yard on me. Turns the ball over on downs. Three plays. Touchdown, Kansas City. Kickoff. Kickoff return. Fumble. Three plays. Touchdown, Kansas City. I think they had three touchdowns in about three minutes of game time. Yeah. I know that
1: uh, 21 gone. points for the Kansas City Chiefs were scored in eight plays. Uh,
2: <laughs> and the 28 points were scored in 16 plays. You know what's crazy? What's crazy about this is that this game wasn't even this close. If you look at it, Stills was wide open on that first touchdown. Yeah, just a blown coverage. The, so it, beautiful play call was. by the way
0: by Bill O'Brien with a fake screen, uh, fake screen on the wide receiver there Damn. and just
2: bolted. Bolted. But um, but again, that's like a brokenish play that happens. Whatever. Then the block punt, and then the turnover inside the down. So really. Houston, other you could say they earned that first one, but did they really earn any of these others? This could have been 50-something, a 14, 50-something, a 7, oh, yeah. the oh, way yeah. this game was. So they should just be okay with the fact that they got yeah. this amount of points and it wasn't terrible. But, man, talk about 24-point lead down to a 20-point deficit. Oh Yeah,
0: and in that second half, I mean, Honey Badger don't care. <laughs> yeah. Teron Matthew was honey badger can't catch. He was, yeah. he did. He, he should have had three or four picks in this yeah. game, but he was outstanding coming up in the run game. Uh, Travis Kelsey was excellent. He had a, another ten catches. Also, Frank Clark, good oh. lord, three sacks in this. Boy, they brought him in. Dominated before, that second half. Jesus, I mean, what happened for Houston? Because obviously, like, I get it's a game of momentum. Sean Watson still had a pretty good day, and in, in, in a way, he looked very
1: similar to Lamar Jackson's day. See, I wanted to touch that. His numbers look amazing: 32, 31 for 52, 388, and two touchdowns. Numbers look great. Yeah. But he missed a lot of targets. Yes. There was a number yes. of times I'm watching it, and he's overthrowing receiver after receiver, or throwing the ball in the mm. dirt. He's not setting himself, or he's throwing on the run. He. If he would have had a little bit of a better day, this would have been a better game. Yeah, if you look at the target numbers here, Hopkins, 9 catches, 14 targets.
0: Fuller, 8 targets, only 5 receptions. Stills, 6 targets, 3 catches. He was
1: like he was all over the place. Darren Fells had 7 targets in this game. He only had 3 receptions. I remember th- 3 throws to Hopkins at least where Hopkins was trying to jump sky high with one hand because
2: yeah. he couldn't reach it any other way. Yeah, exactly. now it was... Yeah, like you said the numbers are a little misleading in this stat, but you got to give uh, the Chiefs some credit because I don't think they were the Watson was expecting a guy like Frank Clark in his face every single play. And this dude, I mean, and, uh, one thing one criticism I'll give to for Watson is that he does hold the ball a long time. Yes, he does. He holds it, yes, holds, he it holds it, holds it, he waits and waits. At some point, which you're just going to have to just go, even if it's 2 yards, just go, just to keep them honest, just cuz you're going to just going to get hit and then it's yeah. just you know I, I thought that was one of the one of the negatives on Watson's day
0: Kansas City despite allowing 31 points their defense is so much f- more improved oh, yeah. from where they were last year 100%. that 100% their downfall
2: and from like week 13 or 14 on they were doing this like all yeah. year they were they started to like pick it up at the end of the season you're like oh sh- you know this is the Chiefs team that we were all expecting because yeah. now they're complimenting the offense. Yes.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about uh like during the beginning of the game when the Texans went on their run or whatnot. I was thinking to myself like, geez Reed." I mean, after the performance last year against the Patriots, where the defense couldn't stop a yeah. nosebleed and that we were, neutral zone infraction that we cost were, you the game, we were texting back and forth. I'm like. Are we really
0: about to have an AFC South AFC title yeah. game, and neither of them's the Colts? I think somebody said it was like, yeah. Imagine having two AFC title AFC South teams in the title game, and neither one's Indianapolis. But yeah, I'm thinking
1: like after last year's AFC Championship oh, yeah. performance, and then this year's divisional round, you're about to get blown out by Houston. I don't know if Andy Reid is going to be there <laughs> much longer, but then yeah. they go on this a 41 to zero run. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and shout out to Romeo Cornell, too. I, it sounds like he might be coming to the end of, of his rope as well as a uh, defensive coordinator there. He's he's in his 70s. I mean, dude, you, you can take a rest. It
1: sounds like <laughs> Bill O'Brien might be coming to the end of his run. Well, that's the <laughs> thing,
0: too, though. Here's the thing, though. The players are coming to his defense. Hopkins saying Bill O'Brien is definitely... Mm-hmm the head man for the job.
2: Of course they are, because they're not as talented, so I mean, they're like it's, oh, you gotta oh, have shots. the guy. Wow. It's true, that defense, that defense was a letdown, man, and they were relying too much on J.J. J. Watt. One thing I'll give Kansas City, how many times did they go right? How many times did Mahomes roll right? How many times did they run right? They were just abusing the right side, and they were doubling J.J. Yeah. J. Watt for sure, but there was a lot of times where they get around that edge, and you saw Watt was gassed. Yeah, you, you could tell yes. that he
1: doesn't have his wind, which is completely understandable. Oh Yeah, I mean, yeah he's the weeks. Yeah. He, but, he hasn't had the game time to have the win like everybody else. But there was a number of times where you see them going around that edge and Watts just trying to hulk him down, but just, he just ran out of
2: gas. Yeah, and yeah, again, like you said, yeah. it's definitely understandable considering you missed what, yeah nine, ten weeks. But, I mean, they were not afraid. They were just no. like, yeah, all right, we'll just throw an extra guy in him once in a while.
0: It's going to be a very intriguing AFC title game, I can tell you that. Let's move to the last game here. And this one, not without a little bit of controversy at the end of this ball game, mm-hmm. but... Overall, a really good contest between Green Bay and Seattle. I mean, these are two of the clutchest quarterbacks, especially down the stretch, that we've seen in a long time. I mean, Rodgers and, I mean, it, I mean it, this was a great ball game down the stretch. I don't know how Green Bay pulled it off. Well, the officials might, but 28-23 <laughs> to Green Bay. Um, excellent performance by Russell Wilson. Just not enough. Excellent performance by Aaron Rodgers just was enough but really pretty this was probably the most even matchup between all four games yeah i didn't mean to cut you off
2: there but uh. yeah no i it was we got exactly what we were hoping which was clutch play from the quarterback position and from both sides it was absolutely awesome and quick prayer to all those who took seattle to cover this game at four oh, and a half oh, going oh, for no. two and not getting it <laughs> Ooh. Oh. i see you i see you oh. like <sighs> hey man i hate i feel for it man it was set up for you i get it oh uh, it was
1: yeah. actually four, okay, so I would have needed them to get the two-point. Uh, and yep. he didn't even see Jair Alexander coming. Just. Didn't
2: see him at all. Which I have a problem with that, but I was going to wait till later on. But three or four plays at the, in the second half, one being the two-point conversion, when they had the trip set up on the left and Hollister on the right by himself, Alexander was untouched every time. Yeah. And not once did they keep Hollister in or throw a running back out at him. Was, they're just inviting the corner, who's not covering anybody anyway, to just come, come in full. No one just uh, – I was just watching that, waiting for like Lockett to come in motion or someone to come in motion. They didn't, and then you just watched it. Everybody was just like, oh. ah. Yeah, <laughs> like, you exactly. saw it's like slow motion.
0: Well, uh, that's what the biggest thing, thing with Green Bay is how balanced their attack was in this ballgame. Aaron Jones had a very good day. You know, three yards per carry isn't great, but two touchdowns, I'll take it. And then Devontae Adams – oh Oh, good lord like he's he is turning into jordy nelson in this ball game he's turned into that guy for aaron Rodgers. eight catches for 162 scores i I
1: would say put him up there a little bit higher than jordy nelson he could definitely do a little bit more than jordy nelson jordy nelson was more of that uh, agile uh, slot receiver type devontae adams can do everything he could line up anywhere on the field and get it done I like Jimmy Graham's efficiency in this one because Graham has disappeared for me pretty much in A this bit, offense. Yeah. And granted, he only had three catches for 49 yards, but that one catch, I think it was like 37 yards, was huge down down the middle of the field for them at that time in the game.
2: Yeah. Oh, all three of them were like in big, uh, big moments, too. I think they were all on third downs, so I think that's what's big. They went one-on-one with Jimmy Graham and... And he let the yeah. Seahawk uh, bench know it every time he made a play. Oh yeah, that you don't go one on one with Jimmy Graham. I don't care, you know, if I lost a step.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it comes back to the same thing though. Who rushed the ball more effectively? Because it wasn't Seattle. I can tell you that. I, I mean, I love you, Marshawn. You're a legend. You're a goal line back right now. That's yeah. all you are. I mean, and when he got to the goal line, this good thing. lord, he was effective. But other than that, Travis Homer, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> like, there was nothing going on from the running game from Seattle. Marshawn Lynch got stalled on every play that wasn't inside the two, and it just was not a complete performance. And they still had a shot right at the end. I think if if you know they get stopped on that last third down, I think Russell Wilson has a legit shot of you know going downfield, finding Tyler Lockett, and maybe this ball game is over.
1: Wait, didn't they get stopped on that last
2: third down?
0: I want to get your (laughs) opinions on this ball because
1: did you see where they
0: spotted the ball? Yes, I
2: I was originally so angry on where they spotted I'm like, what? They gave this guy an extra yard and a half. It wasn't even close. They got him after he slid down. They gave him that spot.
0: And again, the referees have to screw it up somehow because they go in and they do the review, which clearly shows his head landing on the yellow line, which means the ball is not beyond that. It is short of the line to gain. Then they say the play stands, but then they go back. Oh, there was some other footage. Which, by the way, if it's the footage that they showed during the telecast, it was the view clearly that shows his head on the yellow line, which means his, the ball is a half yard short. And they said, oh, no, we oh there was some uh, late evidence, and that showed it was short, too. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, this is, again, why are we talking about officials? We're this deep into the playoffs.
1: How are you screwing this up? And these are all-star crews. It's not even we're this deep into the playoffs. We're at where we are technology wise in the world of 2020 right now yes we can correct all of this but yet it still keeps happening oh but we want human error no we want we want the calls to be right and yeah. I still don't think
0: it was like in the fact that they had to go with stands even though there's clear video evidence that shows the ball is short of the line to gain what else do you need? Honestly, what else do you need? Do you need, like, fans to actually tell you from their HD television screens <laughs> that this <laughs>
2: is what the play is? Because, yeah, really, they don't know. Yeah, that was – I'm just still stuck on how off the ref was spotting the ball. Like, that's your only job. Like, I watched it – like, I know. I'm sitting on my couch watching this. I'm not in the <laughs> elements. I get it. I have an HD screen. I get it. But, like, just – it was, like, not even close, in my opinion. It, I would have marked it down probably shorter – because he started to go down earlier yes. and and then he did fight and whatever and that would have been the real argument but i was like how like i don't know i'm just still stuck on it and there's not i mean we could talk to it blue in the face but in the end the refs are just not going to improve and yeah. and all these extra rule or like throughout the season where if it's like close they don't even like 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 you were saying we have the technology Let's not have the play stands anymore. Let's figure <laughs> out something where it's like that's actually where it is.
0: We can rebuild him. We have the technology. <laughs> like Also, uh, by the way, a great moment from this game too is was the play with the Griffins uh, The, Griffin the brothers. Griffins, yes. Yeah, so I wanted got to touch that. Both getting in on the sack. Yeah. I mean, for anybody who doesn't know the story, and I don't know how you don't at this point because you've been living under a rock for years, this was outstanding to mm-hmm. see them gang up on one play and get a sack on that, on although it. Shaquem oh. is the only one who got the credit for
2: it. Honestly thought... They were gonna win the game after that. I thought the momentum oh, yeah. was done. I yeah. was like, "Oh man, see that? That's the play." That's like, it. JJ <laughs> Watt's sack last week. I'm yep. like, "There it is." Yep. Yeah. But but, when you
1: think of when you think of like an iconic picture, especially if they would have won the game. If you think of like iconic pictures. From this game or that yep. game, you got the helmet catch. You got um, the Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham, yeah. one-handed grab. All the iconic pictures. That would have been a lovely one. Both yep. of them yeah. just wrapping up in a uh, sack and yep. Rogers. And yeah. even
2: the they had their handshake while Rogers was on the ground getting something like that. While they're, and the, you know he's got the nub and the you know one yeah, side exactly. and then he's doing like, this doing the, doing the, the handshake nub. like
0: that's probably not the best way to put it. Hit the oh, nub. What, what does he call it? I mean, Troy's dying over your Troy, I
2: mean, he's an amputee. What, like, yeah, but what what is it called? I thought I, I'm that's not gonna, what I'm saying. Like, I wouldn't touch that? it. That's the problem.
1: I'm not in that conversation. <laughs> As he checks, watch to see when he gets out of here.
2: Just a quick shout. I was watching first take earlier in the week, and I tweeted this out earlier. How Russell Wilson can't uh, can't play in the cold weather, and I just I was like, I'm done. That's the last time I'm watching this show. Like I just, couldn't, I, was like, I was like, did they forget that this man plays in Seattle? Seattle yeah. Like, like acting like they play, like he plays in Miami, and then they're like and, he didn't
1: win, like he didn't beat Green Bay already in the in the playoffs. In the
2: playoffs, uh, or, yeah. or or you know, you know, he plays inti- not I'm, his entire, but it, you know, the, the later portion of his college career in Wisconsin and won a Big Ten championship. <laughs> like what? Like and then it's just seeing his numbers and everything he did. I was just. I mean, that's
0: if anything, way. we should be talking about how many time zones they have to cross. To play the game, I mean that's clearly the big factor is the West Coast to East Coast movement or vice versa. I mean that's clearly the issue. But yeah, no, that that can't play in cold weather. That's like saying guys who play in a dome aren't good in the playoffs. Anyway, uh, (laughs) this is again, folks, the NFL All 32 Podcast, the the championship, the championship (laughs) round (laughs) preview. Let's talk about the coaching carousel because um, again. This seems to happen, folks. We should just say that we're recording the podcast on a Monday and then do it on a Wednesday so that when all the news breaks on Tuesday, we actually have it here because the Tuesday ca- coaching moves were just insane. So let's let's just go through the timeline here before we get into the actual jobs. So the reporting comes in that it sounds like Matt Rule is going to be the new head coach in Carolina. Okay, not a big surprise. He was the probably the biggest free agent out there if you want to call him a free agent for in terms of coaches okay fair enough you know whatever but then the story starts to develop because people realize oh wait he's supposed to have an interview with the Giants today then the news breaks that apparently he's on the tarmac about to get into his private jet and calls the Giants and says hey I'm willing to come to you if you're willing to match their offer this is what they're offering me I will come to you on this jet if that, if you're willing to imagine, and the Giants say no, then the Jason Garrett news breaks. Jason Garrett going to New York for an interview. Not unexpected. Head coach in the NFL has been in the, that division for years. Worked with Dallas, got the experience. Cool. But then Joe Judge gets announced as the head coach. Wait, what? Jason Garrett's going in for an interview. Why is the Joe Judge being announced? Wait, he's going to be their offensive coordinator potentially. What is this madness, and who is Joe Judge? I think that was the big text yeah. message in our group text. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, who the hell is this? Who is Joe Judge? And now it, 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 it's just one of those things where you're thinking, what the hell is going on? Because there's more of a, a, a mixing now of offensive coordinators than anything else, because now Denver is fired their OC, and Shermer is going there to take over with Drew Locke. It looks like Filippo just breaking now here on the podcast, that sounds like he is out as offensive coordinator. Let's break this all. And, of course, Cleveland, it's not official yet, but it sounds like they've got their head man, and they're going to Minnesota to do it. But that Minnesota coach, yeah. that's the one you're going with? Let, let's start with Matt Rule, though. Let's start with him in Carolina. First of all, his introductory press conference. I am running through a brick wall for this man. <laughs> the introductory press conference he had talking about how great football means to me (laughs) that was outstanding um but this was the big prospect in terms of the nfl coaching pool everybody kind of wanted this guy and now they've got him in carolina i think this is a pretty good fit to
1: be honest this man just got paid (laughs) it's all about the benjamins (laughs) it's all there he got paid man i can't even knock the giants for not matching that offer that is that's deal-breaking for a head coach in the nfl
2: yeah, And you know what, seven years, 60 million When you're giving a guy a seven year contract I know a lot of these coaches And it's if, more
1: with incentives
2: uh, No, of course, but the big thing I'm looking at is the seven years I know a lot of guys don't make it out like Throughout their contract if it doesn't work out Like uh, a GM or a uh, an owner won't be afraid To pull them after four and just deal with the rest of the contract But what this tells me is that maybe they're going to take a chance on winning next year and they're going to go all in, or they're going to let this man rebuild the system the way he wants it rebuilt because of what he's done at Temple and what he's done at Baylor. Yeah. So giving yeah. him seven years, it's like, okay, we're g- and here's the investment. The incentive is there for you to win, obviously. Yes. Well, if you win, we're willing to pay it. And this new owner's like, you know what? And we were skeptical about this owner about because he's new to the NFL. This yeah. dude is showing confidence, and we'll be willing to give you whatever it takes to bring us there. So if it means yeah. in five, six years it's going to take – or maybe not long, maybe like two to three years, or if it's going to be next year, whatever it is, just get it done. The money will be there if you win.
1: No, I 100% agree with that. I mean, they see, like you said, the productivity and the development that he's had at these, the college level with with multiple schools. Yes. The 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 length of contract is i would think is definitely based on that because this yes. is going to take a little bit of time but they one thing i will give the panthers is they do have players in place especially in yes. that defense yes. and acute, uh, in the skill positions on offense the biggest question is quarterback right
0: and the fact that cam newton might be at the end of his road they really don't have a secondary guy this is where if you're rebuilding this is where you start this is the building block. they've got the building blocks they got the foundation on defense all right. What's your keystone? Mm-hmm. What's your keystone? And that's the quarterback position. I think this is a great hire, to be honest. Um, I think this is a guy who, you know, based on where he's been, he knows how to work both a defensive style at Temple and an offensive style at Baylor. So, I mean, I think both sides of the ball, he will be fantastic there. Um, great hire by Carolina. Now let's get to Big Blue, <laughs> the New York Football. Judge. I will say this about Joe Judge. I will say this about him. Also, very impressed by his press conference and his first statements as the coach saying all right show me what the players can do and what they can't do it sounds like he's going to take what he's got at face value and work the system around the players which is what you're supposed to do as a coach
1: yeah but who is he (laughs) where did he come from here's 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 my feelings on press conferences they mean nothing. I mean, it was
0: better than what Adam Gase did when he got announced, but he's
1: staring like a deer in the headlights. No, like 100%. He... But, I mean, <laughs> you can talk the talk. You can talk the talk all you want. Yeah. I've heard it said multiple times since his conference. You don't win Super Bowls in January. You know, yeah. um, yeah. He his press conference. If we're going based off of that, he knocked it out of the park. The Giants are the next dynasty. You know, <laughs> but that's not the case. Hope. Well, I mean, I would love for that to be the case. Yeah, I, but that's not the case as of right now. Um, y- like you said, you don't know what he's done. His resume, it's okay. I mean, um, he, the, the he's under he Saban. The fact that he wasn't a coordinator.
2: Yeah, he hasn't been a coordinator. But but I think what's important is that. And I think that's where the Giants kind of went out here, is that he's not trying to be a coordinator. What he's trying to do is be the leader the among leader. men. And yeah. he's going to yes. have an offense and a defensive guy, and he's going to oversee it.
0: And as you said,
1: he's got the pedigree. He's worked with Saban
0: and, and Belichick. Belichick.
1: And that's what I was going to say. If you're getting recommendations from Nick Saban and Belichick, there's something special about you. There's yeah. definitely something special about you. My biggest keys were going to be who is going to be the coordinators. Now um, they've they've hired Patrick Graham as their defensive coordinator. Right. He was formerly with the Dolphins. I don't know how I feel about that yet. I really don't. And OC is still up in the air. Now these are two. They're, I don't want to say they're going to be your head coaches because, obviously, Judge is your head coach. But these are two people who are going to have a huge influence being as though Judge has no experience being the coordinator. you know, yeah. he's, he's going to be the voice, more of the voice and the decision maker. Yeah, and, and you've seen that,
0: though, before even with Belichick. Belichick really doesn't call a lot of the plays on the sideline, but his game plan management is off the charts. You know what I mean? That's the difference. I mean, obviously, he's called some of the plays mostly on defense. But the fact that the Patriots guy that wasn't McDaniels is the one that got hired yeah. was shocking to me. But at the same time, and, and we can go into this whole thing about, oh, you know, the the Rooney rule isn't working. We can talk about, oh, this guy wasn't even a coordinator. He doesn't have the pedigree. Why is he getting hired over somebody else that's more qualified? We can go into that. I mean, all the morning shows have.
1: But the fact of the matter is this guy's unproven. He's untested. Yeah, one of the biggest stories that gave me comfort as a Giants fan was sto- multiple stories that came out that said that when Belichick wasn't around and he- when he wasn't in the locker room, that Judge was the guy who commanded the locker room and all the- how all the players respected him and looked towards him when Belichick wasn't around. Yep. And if that's coming out of the Patriots organization, that's huge. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I think that I think just going back to, I think they're building it the right way. I, I never was a believer, unless you have this prodigy guy like McVay was, but even McVay said he's going to take away his play calling duties because he wants to be more involved in the, the whole product itself because he knew there was issues on defense that he wasn't really, he didn't have like that much of a say on because he wasn't focused on it. I think that Joe Judge is key on, I need to be, the manager. I need to hold the offense and defense coordinator accountable. I need these guys yep. to be the specialists, the guys that get into the detail and the nitty gritty, and I just lead these men. And I think that's. I mean, that's why there's stability in Tomlin. There's stability in Harbaugh. I mean, Payton's one of the few ones, and Andy Reid. But, I mean, who's been the more successful ones? You know, in the yep. end, you know, it's you. You need that. That. I, I feel this way. You need that leader. You need that guy that can manage it and that guy who has a feel for the game because as a coordinator, you're really into the detail play by play by play. You need a guy who's looking at it holistically and going, nah, but this isn't working. We need, we need to involve the pass more. We need to get outside yeah. the pocket. You know? and, and then you give that to them and they come up with it. But that's the you need that eyes. And it looks like this guy, like you said, is going to command the room. So that's rule number like That's number one. And he's talked ground and pound your running back is Saquon Barkley. Yeah. You have a decent... <laughs> you better be putting around round pound. You know, I mean, when I look at it, I, I was like, this could... Watching Tennessee play... And they have their elite running back in Derrick Henry. You're like Barkley's supposed to be an even more elite talent. I could see the way Vrabel coaches that team. I could see the way Joe Judge kind of being yeah. a Vrabel type. And if that's that, should be music to Giants ears because you already have your, your Daniel Jones in place right now. You take a yeah. little Honus off Daniel Jones. He's not throwing as much. All of a sudden, he's turning the ball over a little less. I was
0: about to say, what was the one has been the biggest problem with Daniel Jones is when he has the ball in his hands too much. Yeah. So maybe if you go to the ground and pound option, I. It's not all gloom and doom Giants fans yet.
2: I honestly yet. think they I th- honestly think if this guy's legit and he's the true leader that he is, depending on of course who they bring in as a coordinator and everything, but right. um but if he is and he's going to stick to that mentality, he builds up this defense a little bit, the Giants could turn around like quick.
0: And speaking of coordinators now in hate coaching jobs, that brings us to Cleveland. This one is extremely questionable. Although Maybe it's the pieces that he's been working with and not so much him, and that is Kevin Stefanski. Uh, the offensive coordinator from Minnesota has taken the job. He is, It's not official yet, but it is more than likely to happen at this point, according to Adam Schefter, that he will be the next head coach for the Kansas City Chiefs. We've talked all year, uh, especially Emery, about the uh, the Kirk Cousin situation and how he's not that good of a quarterback. He's inconsistent. So maybe you don't put that on Stefanski. Maybe the game plan is in place that is right, but you don't have the right pieces in place to run it. But this is still, for a place that is known for being volatile, I don't know if this is the guy you want in Cleveland right now.
2: Okay. Anybody? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wants to talk about (laughs) Cleveland. No. (laughs) We don't want to put our name on the No. (laughs) No. No, I mean, what just doesn't make sense of Cleveland is they needed a Joe Judge hire. They needed a man, like a, a leader, a guy to come in, discipline these guys, because these guys are running reckless. You brought yeah. in the coordinator, the guy that everyone felt good about, the guy that's supposed to be, I'm in charge of one side, this guy's in charge of the other side, and what did that do? It led to what ended up being chaos. You need a guy that's going to hold everyone accountable. Not saying Freddie Kitchens couldn't, but in the end, he didn't. And it was a similar hire. You just yeah. watched Stefanski. I mean, one of the things you could say for a young quarterback in Baker, you need a. Uh, if you're going to give the coordinator out, you want a guy that's going to take care of the quarterback. What did Stefanski do? He took the ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands a lot, right? And you got a similar base team. You got instead of your Dalvin Cook, you got Chubb. Probably not going to get um, Kareem right. Hunt back. He's an unrestricted free agent. I can't right. imagine them paying him. But you have Odell and Landry. They have Thielen and Diggs. You have a average to. Sometimes below average offensive line, they have the same with the Browns. It's this very similar setup with a solid defense. What do you expect to change? What I saw in the divisional round was a guy who just looked completely tapped out when he went up against a great defense. I I just saw a guy who just stuck to his game plan. Dalvin Cook got us here, so we're going to run screens. We're going to do the little things, and we're not going to put the ball in my quarterback's hands when he needs to be. I I don't know. I, I'm i not psyched about this hire. I thought the Browns just They pulled pull the Browns. They pulled the Browns. Troy yeah, same I mean, thing?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean I was just very angry. Sorry. I took <laughs> a points away when I saw
2: so I'm like Tim they had McDaniels in there for seven friggin' hours and this guy but That's the thing, you, no McDaniels. No McDaniels.
1: Yeah I was surprised at that because I mean the Browns defense can definitely be solid. We know that Baker Mayfield Kind of gives them most of their woes, but here's a guy um that you got. You had Diggs, you had Thielen, you had Rudolph, you had Cook, you had Cousins, and the offense wasn't more explosive. But not a it, good quarterback, or not a consistent quarterback. Not a co- should we say? Okay, not a consistent quarterback. Still, mm. someone who you would think is top fifteen, no?
2: I, I mean, I he would threw, put him. What yeah. was his numbers like? Twenty-seven to like seven. He had good numbers for the year.
1: He definitely yeah, did. Yeah, no, yeah, he's, a, he's an average. He's a solid he definitely did. But you have all that talent. And you can't be more productive. Now you're moving to Cleveland now, who I guess you could argue has roundabout that same talent with OBJ and Landry, Chubb and, and Joku. But now you you got Baker Mayfield here who he next to Jameis he's also a turnover machine you know I just I don't like the hire I don't I think that they could have done a better job they could have brought in uh, a McDaniels or a BNME somebody who has proven that their offensive mind is is elite above average you know I I, yeah. I think they could have made a better hire here and
0: this makes it a very interesting situation for Minnesota as well because they have now lost both coordinators because George Edwards is also departing for another for another position I believe um, the coordinator situation is weird, because we mentioned Shermer is now taking over in Denver. You've got Corey Undlin, is now taking over as the Lions defensive coordinator, the former secondary coach with the Eagles. So the coordinator shuffle is just craziness right now. We, I mean, we'd need another podcast to break <laughs> all of this down. Uh, but again, and DiFilippo, uh, this is official as of 11 14, DiFilippo out as Jaguars OC after one season. So. With the Gardner Minshew era potentially on, on track to start in Jacksonville, they're going to need a new head guy there as well. And we've seen what happens when young quarterbacks don't get a consistent offensive coordinator leading them. So that's the only question mark there. Before we get into the championship games, we want to talk quickly, though, about the Pro Football Hall of Fame because Wednesday the inductees for this year's class will be announced, but the coaches have already been named. Uh, Bill Cower and Jimmy Johnson both named this past weekend both live on television. Um, incredible emotional responses from both of them. I mean, you expect it from Jimmy Johnson because that's the kind of guy he is. I didn't expect Bill Cowher to be in tears on live TV or <laughs> or anywhere. Uh, but um, two incredible coaches, completely deserving. Um, just your thoughts on the t- on those two guys going in before we get into the, the finalists for the actual all Fame for the players.
2: I absolutely believe it. I mean, Jimmy Johnson, um, I mean, just the tr- the Herschel-Walker trade alone should have got him in the Hall uh, <laughs> of the way he the Vikings. But, uh, no, what he was able to do down in Dallas with a guy in, in um, Jerry Jones who we know is tough to work with to take over and, um, and just have the success that he had yeah. um, and what he's done. And also, I mean, for the two of them at least, what they've done after the game with, yes. with their analysis and everything. And they're always a key guy, the, the coach, you know, on their shows. Um, But just the way uh, Jimmy Johnson did his thing and Bill Cowher, I mean, there's only been three head coaches in Pittsburgh history, and there's a reason for that. Bill Cowher brought success. He brought, um, you know, what he's brought and all the, the success and championships and winning that happened in Pittsburgh um is is definitely you know the way he handed the keys to Tomlin it was just like you know the way Noel did it to him it was just like yeah. changing of the guard it was just you know I feel like all three of those guys are going to end up in in Canton one day but yes um but just so much success from those guys and just constant winning and it's no surprise.
1: Yeah, 100%. I love the way they did it on live TV, though. You, oh, know, you yeah. got to see all the reactions. And not only th- those two crying as well. They, they uh, When Johnson was announced, they switched over to Aikman, and you saw the emotions yes, coming out of him cool. as well. That you was know? Cool. And then Johnson sitting there thanking all the players and everything else. I didn't get to see Cowers on live TV. Yeah,
0: and it was great <laughs> to see their compatriots, too, that work with them on these shows that are former players and coaches themselves, and, and they know what this means. Yeah. I mean, like the, hall, the Hall of Fame for football – might be one of the hardest to get into. You know what I mean? It, it, it's not like baseball where it's up to the media members and they may not like you, so they're not going to vote for you. Or, you know, that sort of thing. It's one of those where it's a very, very select group still yeah. very much. So it's one of those things where you see that and you're like, okay, this means something to him it, it, it doesn't i mean bill Cower is a legend absolutely I mean, absolutely i, I
1: can't re- there was countless times where coughlin's coming to the end of it and i was like all right we're getting Cower." Right, <laughs> yeah and then it didn't happen but yeah it was definitely dope to see that on live tv like i said and as soon as they announced it the rest of the uh, the, the the group on the set come around and all hug up on jimmy johnson and then they're like all right yeah now now all of you guys are hall of famers uh, yeah, yeah exactly. That's and
0: uh, I will say this: the president of the Hall of Fame—I forget his name off the top of my head. David uh,
2: Baker.
1: He is
0: a legend because oh, he is yeah. what six foot twelve. Oh, I know. <laughs>
2: just, I was—I like, was thinking that when he was shaking uh, Cowers' hand, when I saw it uh, on Saturday. I was like, he's, he's a, a big, big p- dude. Like I should have noticed. <laughs> like I should—you always focus like when he does the one-on-ones in the hotel and he tells everybody. But like when you see. Like, when I watched him, I was like, oh my God. Like, like <laughs> it just surrounded by all these ex NFL players and coaches, and he's bigger than all of them. You're like, jeez. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I, was he, I don't even know, was he a former player? Like, I, I, He was
0: a former basketball player. I read a okay. little bit about him. He was a former basketball player in, like, Austria or Switzerland or something like that. It's just like,
2: sure, of course, like, that makes Wait, sense. Wait, what? <laughs> 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 is, that makes it perfect sense. Before
0: we get to the finalists, real quick, and I'm going to have a quick question for uh, both of you on that. Jimmy Johnson going to Canton, and yet still. Not in the ring of honor for the Dallas Cowboys. The pettiness. The pettiness, yeah. Of Jerry (laughs) Jones. I have never seen anyone more egotistical than this man. The Mm -hmm. fact that he will still not recognize. I guarantee you next season, as soon as he's inducted, then they'll put him in. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, this is not, you know, the Hall of Fame is not as big of honor as getting into the Ring of Honor for the Dallas Cowboys, so we were the second. Is this the last thing you wanted to get?
2: I hope he says no. Oh, absolutely. I would I love to see if he like, says he's no. like, nah, I got in the Hall of Fame, man. Who I'm did. good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do this real quick before we get to the title games. I'm going to run down the list of the 15 finalists, okay? And I'm going to ask you guys for three names out of the group that I tell you. If you had to vote for three, who's in? So the finalists this year are Troy Polamalu, Edron James, Zach Thomas, Bryant Young, Richard Seymour, John Lynch, (laughs) Steve, memory's favorite there. Steve Atwater, (laughs) Leroy Butler, Reggie Wayne, Tori Holt, Isaac Bruce, Sam Mills, Tony Baselli, Alan Fanica, and Steve Hutchinson. You've got three votes. Mm. Who do you take? (laughs) And this is where we add the Jeopardy music
1: to cover up the silence. First of all,
2: they're they're all deserving. I mean, it's like
1: I'm gonna go Hutchinson. I love Hutchinson. Okay. Hutchinson, um, Palomalu, I think he gets in first ballot. Um, Okay. And then it's like – it was Bruce, Holt, and Wayne. Like, those three still – like, all three of them on a ballot. One of them. One of them have to get in. Okay. All
2: right. Man. uh, I don't know. (laughs) Man, that's tough to just pick three. I mean – just because I'll say this because they've probably been on the ballot a little longer, I'm gonna go Atwater because I okay. think he's he's pro, he's a Hall of Fame caliber. So, you know, I'm always for just get these guys in. Yeah. Um, another guy, I think he's number one or two all time in ta- total tackled, Zach Thomas. Think he's yeah. waited long enough yeah. and. Um, uh... I, this is a little biased. I'll go biased on this one because he was a Jet for a year or two years. <laughs> I'm going to go Alan Fanica. <laughs> the dude came in and just dominated at his older age, yes. and we know what he did yeah. back in Pittsburgh. So um, I'll go that route. But, like, to the fact that I would say those three and then, like, not, ex- you know, Isaac Bruce <laughs> and Tony yeah. Hole, Reggie Wayne, and uh, like you were saying, and um, Paulo Malu, like, there's no wrong answer. Yeah. But I, I'm just going I, – I like to te- um, push – Towards like some of the older players because I feel like you're there long enough, you're clearly deserving. Just get them in.
1: But then again, there's going to be how many people inducted this year? That's that's the question. It's I mean, going to be a number of people. Yeah, I forget for what the hundredth year. Oh right, it's twenty, right?
2: Right,
0: I think. Is it twenty? No, because there's only fifteen finalists. Oh duh. So uh, unless well, some of them, is unless, that, unless um, they're including it's, execs or something, like, but I, I don't yeah. think it's supposed to be twenty. Uh, but.
2: Just put them all in. I mean, yeah. Exactly. Just make You're our, all in. Just make our life easier going um,
0: Can you imagine how long that ceremony would take, by the way? Oh,
1: God. But, Split it into two days. But for me, I
0: would <laughs> I would agree with you with Fanica. I mean, dominant at his position, uh, especially when it's days in Pittsburgh. Um, I would go Edwin James. I think he deserves to be there. Uh, and for me, I think Isaac Bruce. You're talking about a guy that was part of some of the most dominant teams ever when he was with – los angeles and he was with the los angeles rams before they became the st louis Rams, before they became the the la rams again so i'm going i I would go with those three if i had my choice uh, as you said i think they're all deserving to be in but just in terms of my personal preference those would be my three
2: and i'm not gonna lie at a little biased too because he ended his career as a jet but go on (laughs) (laughs) well let's see if there's a common theme here
0: any giants that you think should should be in here um but uh, and all, again, that will be announced on Wednesday morning, uh, I believe on Good Morning Football. So keep cool. an cool. eye on that uh, during the week here, folks, to check out who will be going to Canton, Ohio. Uh, let's get into the championship games. The final <laughs> games before the Super Bowl. Let's start with the NFC because this is an interesting one. San Francisco taking on Green Bay. And there's a stat here that I want in- to read into preface this. This is the 25th consecutive meeting between the Packers and 49ers that's, that has featured an MVP-winning quarterback. Wow. The last time they that's met without yeah. one quarterback being a future or former MVP was 1986.
1: Oh, so you said future or former. Future, that's so what there- it says
0: in the tweet from ESPN Stats and Info. S- read it one more time. Uh, 25th consecutive meeting between the Packers and 49ers that has featured an MVP-winning quarterback.
1: Okay, but this like at the time of them playing, they weren't necessarily Possibly, yes, MVP. But
0: at some point, these are got like all-time great quarterbacks that okay. I've met in in the time. I mean, okay, still a crazy stat, yes, it, it ridiculous stat. But let's think about this: you have the old guard now solely being represented by Aaron Rodgers, taking on Jimmy Garoppolo, who's still trying to prove himself despite what they've done this year in his record, what he's done to get them to the playoffs. He's still trying to prove the doubters wrong and in a lot of ways they're similar they're similar type of quarterbacks in their style they're still kind of the classic pocket passer um Aaron Rodgers is clearly more clutch but this will come down to the running game and defense on both of these sides because the running game for both teams is outstanding and the question is does Richard Sherman end up turning himself into an island on Devontae Adams I think that's a great matchup to watch
1: Ah, this is gonna be a good one. It really is because <laughs> I mean, you got the you got the lights out defense in San Fran, but like you said, the the former MVP quarterback and Aaron Rodgers who can who can dice you up, yes, just flat out dice you up. And you got that running game from from San Fran going up against this Packers defense who who pretty much shut down Seattle last week. It was just Russell Wilson who was doing work, but then again, Seattle doesn't really have much to work with at running back, so yep. you he really couldn't get a feel for that. But this this is gonna be a good one, and it's gonna be out in San Fran, and it's not gonna be in that cold Lambo weather. I mean, conditions are gonna be right for
2: both teams to do work. Yeah, and you gotta. Um, I mean, the thing I have with this game is I just really hope it doesn't turn into what their regular season game was, which really was slow. What was 37-8? I mean, oh, yeah, true. I mean that's yeah. just, you know, and they ran all over. Like they've been doing all year, San Francisco. They ran yeah. all over Green Bay, and Green Bay, despite playing Seattle. Well, they give up 100-plus yards still on the ground. I know know most of that was Russell Wilson, but they still gave that up. So, you know, it's going to be interesting for those stats junkies out there, though, for you're thinking, like, Rodgers is definitely, like, Mm -hmm. way ahead of Garoppolo. He's definitely, like, just that much better than Garoppolo, obviously. 4,002 yards to 3,978 yards, and it took... 20 more completions from Rodgers to get there, but 126 touchdowns, Garoppolo 27 touchdowns. So the only thing that's really glaring here is the interceptions that Garoppolo does have 13, but, um, I mean, it's not far off as far as production. What we saw last week um, with Jimmy G is that he made a couple of really nice throws, but he also threw a lot of balls into some tight coverages that a couple should have been picked, and then he threw that pick uh, to, I believe it was Kendricks or whatever linebacker picked that off. Uh, He does take chances, and it looks like Garoppolo at times gets fixated on one guy, Mm -hmm. Um, but when you have a running game, sometimes you're able to get away with that. In this game, it's going to have to be the Aaron Jones show. You're going to have to eat up the time because you can't allow San Francisco to continue to stay on the field and pound away at that defense like the Vikings did, you need Aaron Jones to, to eat up some time of possession and Rodgers to be systematic. You yeah. know, hit your bombs when they're there, but just move the chains.
0: Him dealing with Nick Bosa though will be very yes. interesting because again, mm-hmm. Rodgers, not the most athletic of quarterbacks, especially at his advanced age. At if Nick age. Bosa with his speed, this could be an issue if he gets if he has a big day. It could be a real long one for Green Bay.
1: It's going to be interesting um, for me. At least to see the Smith brothers against that San Fran offense. Yes. I think yes. that I think that no matter what, San Fran is going to get their ground and pound. They're probably the the second most efficient running team in the league, uh, right behind the Baltimore Ravens, who yeah just got s- stopped by uh, Tennessee. But they're going to get their their ground and pound on the ground. What can Jimmy G do? And that's going to come down to the Smith brothers in that pass rush.
2: That's been the question we've been asking all year. What can Jimmy G do? But for his part, other than those two Cardinals games, he's bring it up. And we'll give him the Saints game because he had to put up a lot of uh, – um, yep. he had to have a big day that game as well. But other than those three games, it's the running game hasn't failed him. So yep. it's just been – No, it hasn't. So it's – this is a situation where, yeah, you're right, the Smith brothers, along with the rest of that front, Blake Martinez is going to have to have a 20-tackle day, it looks like this Defensive
0: game. player of the year, Blake Martinez. Just
2: <laughs> easy, easy. The defensive player of the year, like I said in the preseason, <laughs> is sitting on that other conference championship game. Logan but we're Ryan? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. Now,
0: in on the NFL All-32 show, which you should turn into the Game Plus Network on Optimum two, uh, 265, I believe, Troy, you're going to be making this pick... During the show. Alex, you're not getting away with this. Oh, that's fine. Who wins Who wins this ball
2: game and why? San Fran. San Fran wins this game, and I'm looking at the coverage right now. I think they cover. Interesting. Seven points.
0: Interesting. We'll see if Troy agrees with you. You'll have to check out the, ga- the uh, Game Plus Network to see if, if – uh, Oh, look at you. Yeah, exactly. Throw, the, pl- gotta throw I the plug. Got to throw the plug in. Gotta love love th- it. Emery's just loving this right now. That's the late game, by the way, 6.40 p.m. Eastern Time uh, from Santa Clara, California. Let's get into the AFC title game, though. And this one, I think, is the more explosive and the most intriguing of the two. Tennessee, Kansas City, from Arrowhead. We don't know what the conditions are going to be there. It could be 60 degrees. It could be a snowstorm. We don't know. But what we do know... Is you've got one of the most dominant defenses in Tennessee, taking on one of the most explosive offenses in Kansas City. We saw that. You've also got the best running back in the NFL this year, taking on a defense that it's got some holes, but it has improved. The key matchups are all over the place, and can Vrabel pull this off? Again, no one's considered him for Coach of the Year. If he knocks off Belichick, and then Harbaugh, and then Andy Reid cream of the crop. In 3 consecutive games? Good lord, he better be coach of the year, but this is this isn't I think this game could end up in the 30s or the 40s. This could be a classic. I don't know, man. That's You don't if, like if, it being if, a classic?
1: No, no, no I'm saying uh, the Titans pulling this one out. <laughs> I mean, Brady, Lamar Jackson, and Mahomes. If they can do it, <laughs> yeah. if they can do with it with Ryan Tannehill. By the way, Ryan Miami yeah. By the way, Miami
0: Dolphins fans You're still paying 15 million Mm dollars of this man's salary.
1: Tennessee's paying 1.5. So let that sink in for this year. I don't mean to be a shot here. I don't. I don't. But I seen a meme over the weekend that said, Uh "What type of head coach can convince you that Kenyon Drake, Devontae Parker, and Ryan Tannehill weren't good?" Oh (laughs) no! Oh no! That was a necessary shot.
2: (laughs) I'm all all for
1: it. Oh, (laughs) I'm blazing on that. But no, in this matchup, in this matchup, if they can pull this off. This this is a story. It's it's storybook. It really is. Cause then they'll move on to the championship against either Aaron Rodgers at that point <laughs> or Jimmy G.
0: <laughs> so in other words in order for get a true championship Aaron Rodgers and the Packers need to win so they can pull off the no the no I'm vector. just saying
1: sto- it, would, it would be a storybook ending for the Tennessee Titans no matter what happens from the NFC side of the ball to go through these three quarterbacks and head coaches and then move on to if they move yeah. on to two weeks from now and they're in the Super Bowl I mean storybook it, it's it's the definition of a storybook from a sixth seed now yeah. we're talking like uh, the Giants or or the or the Rodgers Packers when was went, when say, they won the, the Super Bowl the last six seed to last make this deep seed? run yeah, was that's the what Packers I'm saying. like that
0: storybook here and you know what's interesting the Titans might not even make the playoffs if Houston plays their starters in Week 17 think about that for a second if they play their starter if they play their starters I guess they benched a lot of guys Tennessee might not win that ball game and yep. then it, then it's all sorts of different comp- computations but now yeah they're coming in on a hot streak.
2: Alex. I won't say much because I, I will be on the show covering this game, yes. however, but <laughs> I will say the Titans and the Chiefs matched up this year, and the Titans won 35-32. Right?
0: So, and I mean, and Derrick Henry wasn't even clicking on all cylinders at that
2: point. No, he was not. And uh, <laughs> So, you know, I mean. Tannehill had a decent game that
1: day too, didn't he? What, um? Oh, Where yeah, oh, he had a great game. I think yeah. he had like 170-something in two touchdowns. Because that's the thing. I actually team. think yeah. he threw
2: for more. I think he was like in the t- like high twos. Like, I'm going yeah. like off my head here. Yeah, because yeah. like um, that's,
0: that's the one thing I'm interested in seeing here is how long can Tennessee survive
2: without Tannehill really starting to throw the ball more than 15 times a game? This team really reminds me of – the 2017 Jaguars that went to the AFC Championship game yes. and should have beat the Patriots yes. until they got out-coached. Except this time they got a little bit better of a quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. If and I, I recall correctly,
1: the the refs definitely helped the Patriots in that they game did. as well. They oh, did, but yeah. but what, what what else is new?
2: But what Marone did, <laughs> what Marone did was take the ball completely out of Bortles' hands when he was actually feeling it. Second half he threw like he didn't throw again until they went down late in the fourth quarter. True. it was just give the ball Fournette, give the ball Fournette. I think Vrabel's gonna have a little bit more of a balanced attack in this game and he trusts his quarterback to make those third down throws. He's not gonna sit, all right, it's third and twelve, I'm still gonna hand it to Fournette. No, he's gonna let his quarterback make a play. And I think uh I think that's where it's gonna be a similar type of game, and I'll leave all my other stuff for the show. But that's in the first, definitely.
1: in the first matchup, yeah, Tennessee won 35-32. Ryan Tannehill had one eighty-one through the okay. air, two touchdowns. Derrick Henry had one eighty-eight on the ground, two touchdowns. So in go. other
0: words, Tannehill still had to step up. And again, we talk about this being Patriots 2.0. zero. It is to a point because at this point in the playoffs, at least, Tannehill hasn't been the guy to blow up a couple of plays deep, which Brady has been able to do. Does this happen here at Arrowhead where we've seen some crazy things happen? Just look at last week. Troy, your prediction,
1: please. Uh, this is tough. This, I mean, you
0: were the one man that said confidently Tennessee's got a shot at beating the Baltimore Ravens.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. And this is tough because I want to root for Tennessee, but this Chiefs team can just be a juggernaut on different, purport, on different levels. You know what I mean? Um, it's gonna come down to uh, I, uh, w- I don't know I don't know <laughs> what to say. Here. I'm like I'm like getting giddy right now. We're both waiting, just staring at, him. just wanting to watch this game itself. Um, I'm gonna have to go with the Chiefs though. I, I, question is: Is Tennessee gonna be able to go score for score with the Chiefs? Because Tennessee's defense has been playing a lot better as of late. Yes. Like going down the stretch, it seemed the defense just got better and better. But this Chiefs' offense is just dynamic to another level, and their defense has gotten better as well. So I think that the first half of the game is going to be fairly close. Maybe end of the second quarter is when KC starts to pull away. I could see this being like a, a 35-24 game,
0: Kansas City. I think the difference between Baltimore and Kansas City is the dynamic offense from Baltimore ran primarily through one man. Yeah, And with Kansas City, yes, they've got Patrick Mahomes, and he's a different level, but he's got so many dynamic pieces as part of that offense. And you're right. If Tennessee wins this game, it is storybook. It is historic. It shouldn't be happening. But if Kansas City wins this game, we have seen the changing of the guard on who the face of the AFC is. It, was, it has been Tom Brady for 15 years. Sure. 20. 20 years. If Mahomes wins this ball game. He is the new face of the AFC in terms of the
2: quarterback position. And what a superstar he is. I know one thing that the NFL is rooting for. Definitely State Farm. But one thing. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely what the NFL is rooting for. This is year 100. Year one Packers, Packers Chiefs, Chiefs Super Bowl. Yep.
1: Oh, oh, oh so, there
2: it is. So if you're looking for those close nitty gritty calls. And who's are favoring <laughs> and the bad call. Just saying. And I will say this. And you are. You are.
0: Completely right with State Farm. Do not trust anyone wearing khakis <laughs> at any of these games. Because c- can you imagine the State Farm Super Bowl ad? If both oh, of the God. guys, and their spokesmen, meet in the Super Bowl, their Super be, Bowl ad, they better be planning it right now. It better be legendary. They, they
1: probably filmed it already at the beginning of the season. What was it last year? Brady had a had a, a commercial with the, the oh Super yeah with the Rangers bed
0: already. Oh yeah, and, and didn't he have the one with the bed too? The mattress when he was like when they didn't make it, they still had him with one where it's like. Will this be fine, sir? This will be perfect. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I don't remember that one,
1: but I remember right <laughs> after the Super Bowl, there was a commercial that he was in that aired, and it talked about him having the sixth ring like Jordan.
0: Yeah, yeah. so State Farm. But <laughs> you know what's going to happen, though? Tennessee and San Francisco are both going to win. <laughs> and we're just going to have that entire have commercial just that. be boom, gone. And you know what? I'm not going to s- – Keep my head in on this one. I'm gonna make some my pick, some picks there myself. Go, let's hear Dave. this list. Finally, hear this. let's get it. Hey, I I make my picks. A certain person who is not here and is down watching All Star games, enjoying the sunshine, usually doesn't make the picks. Getting a tan, possibly, <laughs> possibly. It's to be this week. I am gonna go. San Francisco beats Green Bay, close, 24-21. I wouldn't be shocked if that one goes to overtime. Tennessee does not pull off the upset. <laughs> 31-24, Another shootout. Another close ball game. I predict Kansas City versus San Francisco. There's going to be a lot of red at the Super Bowl this year. And okay. oddly, no Patriot dark blue. It's a little weird, though. It's still, it's still it's, I'm still trying to get used to. Wait, where's New it's England? It's not weird. It's right.
2: <laughs> it's right.
0: Says the Jets fan in the corner. Anyway, folks, that it will do it again. For the Hall of Fame selection, that will be coming up on Wednesday on Good Morning Football, so keep an eye on that to see who is going to Canton, Ohio. The divisional round, both games will be on Sunday. Titans-Chiefs on CBS, 3.05 Eastern time. Packers, 49ers on Fox, 6.40 p.m. Eastern time. That'll do it for the NFL All 32 podcast. For myself, Alex Marinoni, and Troy Anthony, thanks for listening in and enjoy the championship round.